Welcome to Speak of the Devil. My name is Reverend Campbell, and I'm being joined by the incomparable Reverend Aden Arden. How are you, my man? I'm doing all right. Slowly melting to death, but, you know, I don't know what's worse, my forehead or my swamp ass, but yeah. here we go. <laughs> by the end, we're all going to know. <laughs> um, well, first of all, I just want to thank you so much uh, for reaching out about this topic. I think it's uh, one that has been on the topic of I think everyone or the forefront of everyone's mind ever since the Satanic Warlock came out and we suddenly expounded on this idea of lesser magic from the Satanic Witch. And so um, the idea of uh, looking at the Satanic Witch or lesser magic from the outside, certainly from my position, not understanding that it didn't speak to all types of individuals, um, was very interesting to discover. And... I think this is a perfect way of sort of addressing my own ignorance and perhaps some of my audiences as well. So thank you very much for this opportunity, man. Oh, thank you. I was all excited about it. <laughs> I was like, hey, let's talk about dick sucking in a book written for women. That's going to be fun. <laughs> I'm not sure my jaw's ready for it, but you know what? I'm a team player. So <laughs> we're going to see how. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, no, no alpha is a team player, buddy. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> let me say thank you to those joining in chat. If you have any questions or comments throughout the course of this conversation, or you just want to bring up uh, alternate views or, you know, sharing uh, some ideas that maybe we passed by a little too quickly, put them up there in the chat. Gary, thanks for so much for joining us early, man. Uh, Vasuri, what up? Billy Belly. Very good to see you. My goodness. <laughs> Clinton, how you doing, man? Sean, what up? And uh, anyone else who joins us after the fact, uh, I appreciate your guys' time. I know it is the fourth, and that is something in the United States, and uh, we're doing this hopefully early enough that you're not going to be missing any fireworks if and you're going to be looking at fireworks if that's what you do today. So let's sort of just dive into this, I think. Um, but before we start having a conversation about queer theory for the ignorant masses like myself, can you give us an idea of how you would define queer and then what queer theory is? So queer is just essentially the other. It's non-heterosexual or heteronormative. Uh, I mean, there's all kinds of, uh, I, I would say since, I don't know, since um, the 60s, all kinds of other definitions. But if you want to boil it all down, that's essentially it. Right. Okay. Um, queer theory. <laughs> know, it's, 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 it's a uh, very unsatisfying answer is all <laughs> I'm well, it, you know, do you want do you want what forty years of discourse, or do you, <laughs> or do you want the simple no, uh, no the simple one? So then, okay, so because it's the other and it's outside of heteronormative culture, uh, heterosexuality, does that include LGBT, or is like, queer separate from like a different like sub? No, no, it, that's all queer. Queer okay. would include. Um, uh, transgender, uh, transgender people, uh, cis gay people, the in between, the non-binary. If you don't fit in to the cis heteronormative uh, vaginas like penises, penises like vaginas, and they um, identify with that gender, then if you don't fit into that cute little box, then <laughs> pun classic. Uh, <laughs> classically, you would be queer. It wasn't until later you got all these subcategories, which right. is fine because as <clears throat> the uh, non-traditional sexuality and um, identities were explored and um, further defined, queer 
became more of an umbrella term. I mean, it always was, but yeah. now it's, I, uh, now it's, you know, now you can do, uh, uh, I'm trans and I'm gay or I'm a trans woman, but I'm straight. And, but either way, no matter which way you cut it, you are queer. Yeah. So like a heterosexual trans woman, which is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> no, it's kind of funny when you have to explain that to, uh, to somebody like oh right. so you're, you're a trans woman so you're you're gay yeah so gender you know, like, is different than sexuality <laughs> well no i like i like men so i'm straight yeah but you're a trans woman yes i'm a woman therefore and i like men therefore i'm heterosexual <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just yeah it's fun watching those conversations happen <laughs> i would very much be like charlie brown in a classroom just hearing want 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 not it, it's going to take me a couple laps to get <laughs> Get all of the minutia down, I think. Um, minutia. The, the minutia of gender and sexuality. Um, mm. That being said, I, I, I mean, we're going to be talking about queer theory, so I think it's important that everyone comes into this conversation in the same place. Um, so what about queer theory? What, what is that? Queer theory is uh, the study of that subject. Um, it's, uh, if you want to break it down to academics, it's... Uh, it's it's you uh, you're looking at literature and history and art from a perspective of uh, discussion discussing uh, uh, gender topics and sexuality um even in subtext so a lot of old hollywood movies hmm. had plenty of gay characters and um and uh, homoromantic scenes or subplots that unless you knew what to look for you weren't going to see it yeah. But queer theory is studying those things and um, how culture feeds into, uh, how do I put this? How, uh, how do I put that? How culture feeds into developing these uh, identities about ourselves. Okay. I mean, it's interesting because the doctor did in the Satanic Witch reference uh, literature that was written supposedly from uh, homosexual perspectives, from trans perspectives. At least he referenced some of those uh, those books. Um, and I I have to think, like anything else, ideas through the generations shift and uh, develop differently um, in the same way as everything does. You know, in in the queer community, right? Or or do you think that it is always like you know, a, a 1950s uh, queer identity is going to be similar or the same as a modern day identity. No, it's going to be wildly different. Uh, for example, now there are these terms heteroromantic and homoromantic. Um, so what is it? 30 years ago, if you were a gay man, you would never fuck a trans man. Hmm. Never. You wouldn't do that. Um, I mean, a gay man, by definition, is not interested in vagina, yeah. but that is blatantly false. <laughs> um, I am a gay man. Yeah, I've dated and fucked trans men. Am I any less gay? No, <laughs> no, they are men. I mean, let's leave it to the chat room. Is he gay or straight, people? <laughs> oh God, if Darren's in there, he's going to have a lot to say. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, so homo romantic. So part of queer theory and the development since the 40s and 50s is, um, I mean, 
part of the reason why I struggled to give a, a precise and long-winded definition of queer theory is because uh, that discussion is usually stuck in ivory towers with academics. Right. Um, and so queer theory usually focuses on culture, writing, movies, uh, politics. Uh, but in, in the everyday, you can see queer theory demonstrated and discussed when, like that question, am I still gay even though, um, you know, I was fucking a trans dude a few weeks ago? Right. And I enjoyed it. I ate him out. And, oh. you know, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's usually the reaction <laughs> I get, especially with those past jokes when I was 24 about like, oh, my God, you know, it looks like someone clawed out where a penis used to be. And that was my <laughs> no. definition of a vagina. But <laughs> They don't call it an axe wound for nothing. But the reason why homoromantic or heteroromantic is important is um, so... I'm so happy my family doesn't watch this because it's going to give them hope. So I was in a three-way with a cis female and uh -huh. I fucked her. Okay. I enjoyed it. I mean, why wouldn't I? It's, you know. Yeah. Um, but do I go out on my way to sleep with women? Am I generally attracted to them? No. No, I'm not. I would never date a woman. But if I'm in a three-way and there's a girl, I'm going to fuck her too. So. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> inclusiveness, really. It would be rude not to. I like that. Um, so, but my sexuality, I've been exploring the past few years and that has involved, uh, and so one female fuck buddy, her and her husband, hmm. uh, well, she, they're poly. So she asked me out and I was like, I won't date a girl. I just don't, I've never developed that level of attachment or emotional depth for cis women. Right. Um, nor do I think I could for a trans, I mean, no woman. I just don't relate to them in that way. I can fuck them, sure. I can be friendly with them, great. But so I would be homoromantic. And these new labels are kind of the development of queer theory and queer culture. Okay. And um, on a side note, I, <laughs> I, I'm a firm believer that labels are good things. Labels are great things because it means you have new words uh, to effectively communicate your desires or your positions yeah. uh, i mean that we'll talk about that a little bit later on but you know gay yeah. no longer cuts it for most people uh some guys i know on the kink scene that will say they're straight because it's a good shorthand but they love sucking dick oh wow okay they would never fuck a dude or get fucked by one but for some reason they have a big oral fetish strictly on a dick Huh. But they would never date a dude either. Right. So it's... It, so it's much it more complicated human than... Be, it's not complicated. Human beings are fucking sluts. <laughs> yeah, I mean... We're, we're just, you know, and when a generation gets bored, we find new things to screw. <laughs> or new ways to screw. So That's you, a better way. New, new way to screw. From that framing, do you think that it's a generational thing? Or do you think it's always been there and it's just being... It's, it's more out in the media. It's out in the public eye more now. Um, kind of all of it. I, I think um, each generation kind of takes a step up from the last one in normalizing what mm -hmm. many people have felt or been curious about. So there's this thing in uh, among specific, usually, and it's quite specific, straight black men turning 
white guys into sissies. So they look like women, but they're not. They don't identify as trans women. It's called a sissy. Huh. Are these uh, black men gay or straight? No, but this this thing, huh. or are they bisexual? Or is it about humiliation? Um, so this, if you research this kink, it's been there for decades. But now if you turn on porn, it's everywhere. And it's just every little thing kind of makes it more okay, which is fine. So it's not, has it always been there or has it just been shoved down our throat? No, it's something that uh, has existed, whether for a minority or the majority in private is becoming more normal. So you see it more just because it's okay to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, compare it with gay men in the 20s to gay men in the 80s mm -hmm. or interracial marriage. Uh, well, this is an interesting comment in here. Elijah, how you doing, man? He says, biology never had a gender definition. There was a sex designation. Gender, which was just stuck in science textbooks, so Christians didn't have to say sex. <laughs> I like that. Interesting. Um, Zachary, what up, man? Uh, he says, I tend to default to biology for gender definitions. I'd find it hard to objectively define someone with two X chromosomes as a man. And... I want to be clear ab about this before we start diving into this uh, pretty heavily here. I don't care what anyone thinks. You, based on your own experience, your own decisions, uh, the culture that you were raised in, however, whatever, you think the way you think, I don't care. Um, what I want to make sure is uh, understood and followed is that regardless of what you think, we're going to have a healthy conversation, which means a good back and forth. This isn't in reference to, to anyone's comment. Just in general, I want to make sure that's understood right off the bat so we don't have to have an argument later on. If you disagree with something myself or Dan or someone in the chat room says, that's fine. That's okay. You don't have to accept someone else's perspectives, though it's pretty good to examine them as a healthy human being. So that being said... Yes, it's always good to examine a healthy human being. <laughs> <laughs> Gloves are optional. <laughs> so I want to I want to talk about those two comments. So just file that mentally for me because okay. it's going to come up later in the show for sure. Because the way I take the Satanic Witch and how it applies for uh, queers, whether cis or trans, is because Levey never talks about Levey really almost never talks about uh, when it comes to manipulation as biological truths right most of satanism are useful rules of thumb and manipulating um, fetishes and cultures and customs for your own benefit mm -hmm. um satanic ritual is a very good example of that yeah. i i kind of i kind of laugh when a satanist is like well that's the way nature is i'm like all right you omnipotent fuck you tell me how nature is come on come on <laughs> tell me we know we know <laughs> tell me how everything works yeah <laughs> yeah, you have all the answers. Yeah. I, but that, that's at the heart of what this conversation is about, though, right? It's, it's the way that the Satanic Witch was written by a, a straight male um, who was educated, but still educated in his time, written from his own experience and uh, a lot of resource books, Um and so I found it very interesting because, again, reading it, I interpret it in a, in a way that it's inclusive and it speaks to different genders and sexual orientations 
I mean, he, he sort of dismissively mentions, and we're going to get into some of the examples here in a second, um, you know, uh, the foolishness of a, a woman trying to target a, a homosexual male. Or they're called fag hags and they're fucking annoying. Yeah. <laughs> um, so LeFay was But it's right. very dismissive and it's just sort of like, don't even bother doing that. This is why it's not going to work and we're going to move on. So he's he's definitely saying this is the way lesser magic works in the context of sexuality and, and female manipulation of men. It, I don't think he needs to expressly say that um, this is from a heteronormative perspective because that's how it was written and so it's inherent in the document at least the way even, i was interpreting it i wouldn't even call it dismissive he approaches it uh, even in uh the very first chapters of the satanic witch he approaches it as kind of you know work with what you have work with the is not the shoulda woulda coulda mm -hmm. you know shoulda woulda coulda is not the realm of satanism yeah. it's you got to work with the most likely probability even in ritual magic the the balance factor if you're you know covered in acne scars and 400 pounds you're not going to get brad pitt which really made me cry when i read it as a teenager but you know what everyone has to learn so <laughs> so when he was like woman don't go after the sexy cocksucker he was saying it because it would be a waste of your time yeah magic does not work that way if you think magic will get you anything, you're in the wrong goddamn religion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it can get you a lot. But um, we've got a everything. we've got a random name question. Okay. It, literally, that's his name. Um, it says, uh, Reverend Aden, do you think that the modern concept of the non-binary gender goes against what LeVay said about the androgynous look? No, because LeVay was making um, a comment on fashion. Mm-hmm. Now there are, there's a good friend of mine um, that Adam knows as well. Wait, do you know them? I don't know. But anyway. A good I'm shaking my head mine. yes, because I'm just assuming that. <laughs> <laughs> I know everyone you know, of course. Right. So there's a, there's a good friend of mine and she likes androgynous men. Hmm. She is a straight woman who likes androgynous men. Like she thought David Bowie as um, uh, Ziggy Stardust was one of the sexiest things in the world. I'm like, well, that's just blatantly retarded. So if you if your target <laughs> likes androgyny or if you're into goth guys, what the fuck do you think a goth guy is? Yeah, Marilyn Manson, when he first came out on the scene. He was pretty androgynous. Yeah, especially in his videos, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not attracted to androgyny. Um, for me, it depends. Sometimes I like super masculine men. Sometimes I like somewhat feminine men. Um, but, and it just depends on your core. So if, if you think that LeVay was poo-pooing androgyny hmm. beyond, uh, the time he wrote it in the seventies, which was everybody has to be androgynous because dressing feminine or hyper-masculine is sexist and wrong, then you miss the point. Yeah. He's also constantly trying to drive women um, specifically to what works for them, we'll say. But he does bring this very traditional Betty Boop styled approach when he talks about the, the most common uh, male appeal, appeal to women, right? They're always going to go for that sort of Betty Boop look. Big hips, big bust, thin waist. And 
like he he hammers that idea home throughout the the um the satanic witch but i think that's just because that was his kink that was what he was into and so that's how he was trying to communicate his ideas do you think that's the case or was he really trying to define what your traditional woman should look like well i'm okay so if you look at photos of um many of the women levey was attracted to or had been with they were not thin uh wasted women mm -hmm. they were curvy to arguably plus size yeah uh, I don't see LeVay arguing for women to be circles upon circles upon circles. If anything, he he even argued that if your quarry likes uh, stick figures and you're a stick figure, there you go. He was arguing what works for you and to accentuate whatever you have. Mm -hmm. um, if, uh, what is it? He... Um, if a woman had a more fearsome dominant appearance, he was like, don't soften yourself. Keep running with that work with the yeah, base you have. Extreme. Right. Um, I'm sure plenty, uh, not I'm sure, there are plenty of sections where I'm like, dude, that's all you. <laughs> <laughs> all yeah. you, man. <clears throat> but yeah. I think the, uh, the underlying theme of the book was don't fight against what you look like, accentuate it and appeal to what you can with what you have. And there are certain things you can change. Mm -hmm. um, if you're not particularly gifted in the rack department, um, or for men, if you're not particularly gifted in the pants, nothing wrong with a little bit of stuffing to help you through the day. <laughs> yeah. So, or you can, you know, do what I did with my 2.25 inch thing. You know, <laughs> if you want people to think you have a huge dick, just tell them you're really tiny. Yeah. That way, when, you know, they pull down your pants, they think you're suddenly massive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, it's I, just trickery. <laughs> so, so it's interesting to hear you say that because when you approach, so I started looking into what queer theory was once you brought this topic to my attention because it never even crossed my mind. Um, mm -hmm. And so traditionally I would say that when people think of queer theory, it's challenging the established ideas that have been, uh, presented in a heteronormative culture or you know region or whatever um mm -hmm. it's trying to find a queer identity within that heteronormative lexicon or, or presentation but if you think that the satanic witch did a, a good job of of being open to the idea where does the queer theory come in to try to carve out a niche or to try to fit in with what the satanic witch is presenting do you think it spoke to queer uh individuals or do you think that it it needed a little bit of assistance or needs that's a very cute question <laughs> because i see what yeah i see what you're trying to do <laughs> i'll say i'll say this okay you and i both have seen those comments in uh, when you were present on social media of um, men who dismissed the satanic witch yeah. and were waiting for the satanic warlock yeah. and i always thought those men who said that they need the satanic warlock that they cannot use the satanic witch were dumb yeah. Yeah. Here, here. <laughs> so when it comes to uh queer people if you don't if you require a blatant text 
that identifies you in particular and you won't read anything else, I would also call you dumb. Mm -hmm. I, as a gay man, have benefited incredibly from the satanic witch. Is it written for women, uh, predominantly straight women to use on men? Absolutely. Um, will, uh, but if you, if you can't find any, anything in there, then, I mean, come on now, that's just, it's just ridiculous. You didn't do the reading. You just want, a, you want different words in the book. Right. <laughs> now, of course the tricks will become more specific. The same tricks men use on women, um, or that gay men use on each other or um, what uh, lesbian women will use on each other are different. So there, sure, different texts for different people. That makes perfect sense. But to not read the book and to say none of it will work and you didn't learn anything from it is just silly. Yeah. I mean, the synthesizer clock in the first few chapters of the book would apply to everybody. That is the basis of somatyping. It is true to everyone. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about that then, if we can, um, because I think that's one. Of the, again, it was written by a man addressing women in order to help them be the best witch that they can possibly be. Right. Give mm -hmm. them tips and techniques that he, he knows um, observations that he, he's seen. But that, again, is from a heterosexual position do you do you think he did a good enough job of, of spanning that gap that you can i mean you you just said that the levate synthesize uh personality synthesizer or the um the clock that he's working on um is is pretty accurate to whomever looks at it and you can find and, and sort of categorize types of individuals pretty spot on with it um do you think that it needs any adjustment from a queer perspective no okay <laughs> All right. no i don't because next question <laughs> if you need if you need the clock mm. to um adjust based on the uh the community you're discussing then it's not much it's then it's not somatyping right it, it can't be both at the same time um when it comes to fashions and specific um how do i put this i know we're going to talk about this later but i'll bring it up now just to um as an example levey writes that men most men are essentially voyeurs mm -hmm. so as a gay man reading that uh that's a useful i mean something that most gay men already know is the reason why we dress like whores mm -hmm. most of us anyway <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking at you with your intro. So <laughs> I had someone. Yeah. Yeah, I get comments yeah. on that a lot. They're like, why the fuck do you do that? Why is that even at the for beginning me, of the it's show? For me, because I love looking at your body. <laughs> I know who it was for. It's all, all for, for me. You. It's all for you. I know. I know. So <laughs> but reading that, um, then I can apply that uh, kind of uh, rule of thumb to myself, well, I have a great ass, so why wouldn't I wear tighter pants that kind of accentuate that? Or, if I'm feeling a little saggy back there, if I didn't do my squats that day, a jock strap. It's like a wonder ball, uh, a wonder bra for the butt, you know, it just kind of, it lifts. 
That's why so many gay men wear jock straps. Oh, I mean, funny. it's it's the fucking wonder bra. So <laughs> I never thought frames, about that. And it frames the booty. Yeah. You know, which is what we fuck. I'm starting to want. really rethink my seventh grade gym coach now, making us wear jock straps. Well, huh. did yours have the cup in them? Not like a firm one. It was just fabric. Oh, then yeah, I would really rethink your gym teacher. <laughs> <laughs> he also would wait outside the, the the showers and force us to get the towels from him. So we're like all sopping wet and nude. Like, please, sir, may I have a towel? So yeah, I think there was something there. All right. <laughs> yeah, just maybe. Just maybe. Uh, well, I mean, let I don't know how far we need to go down the uh, satanic witch rabbit hole because, I mean, it is, you know, pretty insane here but just to give uh, people a base understanding whenever we're talking about personality types um, we have three different points of self right so you have your apparent self which is what we're presenting right now to everyone you have your core self which um, is who you uh, truly are inside not necessarily what you're presenting um, but you also have your sort of demonic minority self and uh, that's usually a reversion to the presented type or to your core type, right? So usually your yeah. apparent self and your, your core self aren't that different unless you're actively manipulating someone. Um, but your minority self traditionally is sort of opposite. I want to make sure everyone understands that before we start talking about anything else, just, just in case. Um, so when we were talking about that that clock, right? We were talking about the Levey personality synthesizer um, and how he sort of categorizes not just types of people by their body type, but also their mannerisms, traditionally what they like, even down to like skin textures and stuff like that. Um, and for the most yeah. part, I think it's pretty accurate. Um, I've never done a scientific examination of it, but just anecdotally, it's pretty damn accurate um, from my experience. Um, which is why I always adamant if mm -hmm. um, if you're going to use uh, the synth uh, synthesizer clock in every day, which a Satanist should, then consider it a great rule of thumb. Yeah, it's to me it's like an eight times out of ten. Yeah, which yeah. is pretty good odds if you're trying to get into bed with someone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's. I, I don't. I don't know really how you want to run through this. Let's just sort of hit a couple basic categories and see if there's a a, a queer perspective on it that differs from the doctors does that sound okay sure okay so let's talk about sexual proclivities right um all right so it's presented as the man most likely to fit the established image of the homosexual is it a six o'clock but is that always true so the way i read that section was that um how do i put this that the six o'clock male would uh, be seen as very passive, maybe sometimes feminine, and would appear to be the person's idea of what I think he uses the word homophile, which was the politically correct word to use at the time, which is kind of cute uh, for, a, for a very un-PC book. He was very PC when it came to gay people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. Um, but I think that's I think he's using a cultural argument rather than a statement of fact that, uh, I mean, the way you phrased it would imply that LeVay thought that all gay people are bottom of the clock males. Yeah. 
I didn't see that anywhere in that section. I mean, that that phrase that uh, men most likely to fit the established image of the homosexual is the six o'clock. Established is, image of right. a homosexual. Right. So that's very It's a culture argument, stroke. not a statement of fact. Right. So when people think of gays, especially in the 70s, and uh, I mean, in his uh, lifetime, so I, I, even before the book, his era, 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, mm-hmm. um, gay men were sissies. They were passive. They were soft. We were limp-wristed. We were just, you know, um, we were just cute. <laughs> but like, um, you know, like the quote, it's the established image of the homosexual. Mm-hmm. Established image is not the same thing as saying all, all fags are right. six o'clocks. Right. He, nowhere in there did he make that argument. And I bring it up because, again, it, he his intention was never to speak to a queer audience. It was to speak to a heteronormative female audience. But I mean, if that were true, he wouldn't have included um, so many tricks for the lesbian witch. The book was written for women. That's true. Yeah, no, that's a very he, good he just, point. Yeah, he just didn't bother. He even um, here. Here's an interesting thing when it comes to uh, trans women. Mm-hmm. The same tricks should work. You're a woman. Yeah. The same trick should work. So to create, um, sure, there may be a few extra hurdles depending on where you are in your transition or who your target is, but he includes sections for lesbian women. The The book is does address queer women, whether cis or trans, because the trick should be the same unless your quarry is another woman. Right. Because the book is written for a woman to seek out a man. Right. But I would, that's why I would say, that that's more of like um, an addendum than than the core focus of the book. And, and I oh, say sure. that because... I think from his perspective, it's easy to give advice on a woman targeting a woman when he's immediately profiling women in the first place, which is why he spends so little time focusing on homosexual men other than saying, move on. (laughs) Don't bother. Yeah. You don't, you don't need more than that. Like, no, girl. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, not, not to say anything about, you know, to, to try to go any deeper, but he doesn't really like the only time he references trans is when he's referencing fashion, for example. So it's, it's very interesting that again, his focus was met, but understanding that he's writing this and it's going to be received by a large audience. Do you think he ever considered that both men, queer and trans individuals would be referencing this. I don't know. I would assume so, since um, Kenneth Anger was in the magic circle, and Kenneth Anger is gay. Okay. <laughs> Kenneth Anger was uh, one of LeBay's closest friends from accounts I've read, and um, I believe still is a member of the church. So he had gay men and trans women, and um, and lesbians from the from the earliest days so should have crossed his mind but if it didn't so what yeah. <laughs> why I, does that why, but it's it's um he doesn't need to can he doesn't how do i put this it offers me no comfort 
whether that question ever crosses mind. It's, right. I think it should be irrelevant. That's interesting. Cause I would, I would try to push back on that just from the perspective that because he had friends that were in the magic circle that were homosexual um, or lesbians um, or even, you know, dressed up like women. I don't, I don't, I don't know the vernacular because I don't think transvestites versus transgendered. Yes. So I right. mean, there was, most cross-dressers are straight men. Right. 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 So he had all of the above in even just the church of Satan as an organization for years. And so to, to not expect that to be a potential audience in his writings seems like he's, he would have, if he didn't, been missing and just ignoring a, a, a healthy portion of a future, you know, potential audience for the religion. And so I, I have to think that though he does address small factions and, and small ideas in this, it's certainly not targeting any group other than primarily straight women, which is what prompts the question and, and what, in my mind, prompts the importance that he should have considered it because he, it, again, the organization is so welcoming. The religion is so welcoming to any individual who finds themselves within the text. So that's why I, I, I think it's, it's an interesting thought in the context of queer theory, because if queer theory is examining where the queer individual fits in, in a heteronormative world and Satanism is defined and defended in a heteronormative primarily by a heteronormative individual and he doesn't think about speaking to those people but he does welcome them as a part of the organization i think that would be strange you know adam you have gay friends right yeah cool can you tell me how to manipulate another gay man so he'll eat my ass i don't know about that specific <laughs> no can you tell me how to dress as a gay man if i go into um yeah, I won't even be specific, just a gay bar to pick up a top. But that's my point, is that so, he does reference books from that perspective. In, in But who wrote books in the 70s? What gay men wrote sex men? No one. <laughs> just because you um, have friends in a separate world than you does not mean you know everything about that world enough to write a textbook on how to manipulate others. Right. I would say it would be damn near inappropriate for LeVay to write a book on manipulation for gay men. Like, right. until that man took nine inches up his ass, he cannot tell me shit about how to take it. So <laughs> no, that's true, yeah. Right. He spent, he studied, um, he studied the relations between men and women, and he included parts, uh, for witches, mm -hmm. because that's who he was writing the book about, whether they were gay or um, trans women. The only times he mentions other people is as advice to women. Right. Yeah. So it's, it would, why would he write those books? He does not have that information. And the books he does reference are um, about gay culture. Well, you know what? I don't know. I'd have to go back and look, because I know he does reference plenty. But it There's was mostly in terms of transvesticism and transsexualism, wasn't it? Transvestites primarily, yeah. Like right. it was it was Even like then, instead was of a gender that. identity, it was reference to just the proclivities of dressing as a woman. As right. A man. So even then, 
didn't he usually bring that up around why transvestites usually look better women than women? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he was using it as an argument to help women. Yeah, absolutely. So there we go. He wasn't commenting on transvesticism. He was commenting on, listen, the reason why that man looks better than you is because he knows how to put on fucking makeup. Yeah. He understands <laughs> these these basics of what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, absolutely. So there Interesting. We go. Okay. Um, so then, uh, you know, all, it says all types, however, have their respective homosexual counterparts. Again, just paying off that idea that there may be a, a an anecdotal typical, but all variants are contained therein. I think that's interesting. Let's talk a little bit about odors because you brought up uh, some articles that I think are fascinating that I never considered before. Um, and I, I want to uh, just read a little bit here uh, from our notes where it says LeVay divides these sensations amongst dominant and submissive individuals, depending on the clock that they find themselves in. Um, many qualities have exceptions for dominant women and homosexuals. So I, I want to talk about um, this gaydar smell articles that you sent over because I, I think this is fascinating. Do you want to leap us out into that conversation? Sure. Um, well, to start off dirty, there's this, there's this wonderful thing that a lot of men have, whether they're particularly kinky or not, is smelling each other's armpits. Really? And licking, and licking them. What? Okay, right, yeah. So, but I just wanted to say that in a public place. But anyway, back to the point. Is that true? <laughs> Um, let's, let's relate it to you. You, you love, you've, you've expressed this numerous times when we've talked in public and in private, you love the natural smell of a woman when you're going down on her. Right. Right. Okay. Um, okay. So, you know, that uh, to, with, with the gaydar, it's, um, it caught researchers attention because anything that prolific in a culture probably should be studied because there's probably some truth to it. Right. How do gay men know when they're gay even if someone is buried in the closet like how do we know who to manipulate and target you know that bro drunk at the frat house <laughs> um, so what they did was they took uh in one study they took sweat and they had straight men straight women lesbians and gay men and uh i forgot the percentage off the top of my head but i think it was like seven or eight times out of ten we'll say mm -hmm lesbians and gay men could identify which ones were gay by scent alone. Yeah, it's bananas. Like, that that blows my mind. Yeah, you can smell a cocksucker, all right? <laughs> <laughs> you need you an Altoid, son. You smell semen, it's going to change your DNA. <laughs> he smells like he's from the sea. It's all briny. Yeah. Um... <laughs> No, I think that's fascinating. I, I I never considered that because ultimately I've always looked at it as as you know removing gender or sexuality from the equation. Just that you are attracted to pheromones, and that's just it. I never thought that that. Of course, it makes perfect sense well, that it would. Right, but uh, but most I never even think about it because even if they're um, uh, they agree that homosexuality is uh, a natural aspect of human sexuality that is evolutionary advantageous, uh, advantageous for homosexuals to exist. Mm -hmm. Yet when you're like, no, you can smell it on someone like, wait a minute, what? Why wouldn't a gay man be attracted to male pheromones? 
that you know wonderful smell between the asshole and the ball sack it's beautiful down there you should give it a try so, <laughs> it's wonderful i love my own but that's because i'm you know vain which is also i thought you were gonna vain. say because you're uh you're uh fuck i i forgot the goddamn word you can stretch your limber or something <laughs> fucking stretch that didn't my work limber. no you're limber. limber and so you can you smell it's, your own fucking never mind yeah, move on. <laughs> it would have been great. Joe, let's just leave it at that. What I just say about woulda, shoulda, couldas and Satanism. All right. All right. We're it moving on. It would have been great, but it wasn't. <laughs> uh, Billy Belly has a couple interesting co uh, questions here. Is the transvestite a crossdresser? Yes, is referenced by the doctor um, in this book. Uh, Billy Belly also says, I, sorry, I just like saying your name. <laughs> Billy Belly. Uh, could someone please tell me why LGBT is all in the same category. I do not get it. Trans is somehow, is trans is someone's identities. Lesbian, gay, and bisexual are sexual preferences and have nothing to do with trans. Well, I, I think there's a, a societal reason, right? All right, so to, uh, yes, but to quote Luke Skywalker, <laughs> that's amazing. Every single part of that sentence was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> The worst so, Skywalker quote ever. I actually like The Last Jedi. I did not like The Rise of Skywalker. Okay. okay anyway. We can still talk. Then. That's that's another episode. Me, you, and yeah. Darren can get together because we, we he and I still argue about this. Um, you know, fisticuffs abound. Yep. But <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the alpha, uh, the alphabet people to yeah. quote Dave Chappelle. And what a great, what a great comedy special that was. That was great. Yeah. It was great. Um, so... No, it, it, uh, I'm fortunate enough to live in a time where being gay is less of my identity these days. Mm -hmm. But I think with comments like that, um, where, uh, I'm assuming he's straight, uh, where straight men, where straight people get confused is, um, they forget that just because you have a label for your identity does not mean you have many others. Mm -hmm. Like you can be gay and a Republican, not necessarily a conservative, but you can be a Republican. Yeah. Both of those would be identities. Um, I am predominantly gay, though I guess the more proper label these days would be homoflexible. I'm homoromantic. I'm a Satanist. I'm Lebanese. I'm all these things. They're all my identity. Uh, now, the reason why it's LGBT and the acronyms that follow uh, is because before those words existed, it was just queer. We were one group, and uh, Harry Hay has a lot to say about that. Like, he hated the whole LGBT thing that was starting to happen in the 60s and 70s. But um, uh, they, they, the reason why all the letters are together is because it's still one community. We all have our separate places and spaces and separate... Um, uh, individual cares, you know, hmm. uh, like, for instance, gay men are not particularly worried about the same kind of health care that trans men and women are. Yeah. But the community tends to band together because we're always lumped into the deviant category. And queer this uh, specifically means other. We're the occult of the cox, uh, we're the occult of sexuality. 
That's nice. a good way to put it. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down. I want to remember that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just we'll rewind this uh, to get to that. Um, no, I, I, and it makes perfect sense to me. I mean, the truth is, is that uh, when you're existing in a predominantly heteronormative uh, narrative world, and mm -hmm. anything that's not that is seen as perversion or disgusting or foul or, you know, you, whatever, yeah. then if you're the other, then you're going to want to, you know, have a voice in that. And so you, 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 you group together with others that are the other. And the truth is you still want your individuality to be noted because you're not just one, you know, uh, mass of individuals. You all have your different proclivities. And so you want representation within that other group. So that's why you have all your different nomenclature being represented. At least that's how I see well, it anyway. No, and that's fairly spot on. And here's a good example. Uh, Boy George has this wonderful autobiography that I read when I volunteered at the Gay Center as a teenager in Detroit. And it's called Take It Like a Man. Boy George was in the punk scene mm -hmm. as a preteen and a teenager, and he looked like a girl. Now, back then, punks and queers were all one community. They all hung out together. Punk literally used to mean gay. It meant bottom, it meant cocksucker. It meant you were a punk. You took it up the ass or you took it down your throat, but you took wow. dick. okay. So it's, uh, and I think that's an important kind of um, evolution of language to remember that all these others used to be one fucking community. They all went to the same places and they kind of all uh, got together under one banner of just being not, unwelcome everywhere else. Mm -hmm. So, uh, or ballroom culture is a good example of that. Trans women were always the bottom of the barrel in the gay community, so they created ballroom culture. Same with the sissy femme queens, the really feminine gay men. They were considered bottom of the barrel, so they went to the ballrooms. Huh. So it's, uh, and uh, act, uh, another good comparison is Satanism. <laughs> the only thing that ties us all together is that we all find um, find ourselves mm -hmm. in the devil. Other than that, you know, fuck the rest of you. But we all go under that banner. We all close ranks when people come knocking. You know, we follow a set of rules about uh, being, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, well, at least many of us, uh, being polite and having respect, at least uh, you know, social grace wise, yeah. uh, for each other, simply because we're Church of Satan members. Yeah, it's the same goddamn thing. Yeah, I I think that's a a really good analogy to it that I'd never even considered before, because yeah, we're we we are one meta tribe, but we are vastly different within that individual meta tribe, and so is the LGBT culture i do that because i don't know all of the the i don't letters. know them all. i don't know them all either anymore they change so often yeah. um i just i say queer yeah okay. now one of my friends was kind of like just say queer it's easier and i was like you know what? that's actually a really good yeah that's fine queer you know it's um one of my friends brought up a people of color a person of color mm -hmm. uh denies people their racial heritage therefore it is racist interesting if you Right. It, uh, you know, uh, you're lumping black people 
Latin people, Spanish people, right. Arab people, Jewish people, all in one thing, person of color. Exactly You're denying thing. them their history and their ethnicity. And I was like, that's really interesting. I actually kind of like that. Yeah. Um, so, but that argument can also be used against, well, if you're just saying queer instead of lesbian, gay, trans, right. queer, I don't know the rest. Yeah. Non-binary. I just, I don't, I, I don't know all plus there, LGBT plus, yeah. Q plus, whatever it is. I, I'd never, I'd yeah. always known, but I'd never considered how all of, all of the worldview that is understood as normal is always from a white straight male perspective. Like, you know, deep down, you always know that it is, but to, to see it so blatant when you try to branch your perspective out, um, it's, it's almost shocking. Like, how did they get away with it? How did we get away with it? How did I get away with it? The very cynical and brutal answer is when you conquer, when, when, when the people of one area of the world pretty much conquer the rest, yeah. you're going to rewrite language and history to serve you. Yeah. What's going on right now is dismantling that cultural empire mm -hmm. that Northern Europeans, for the most part, have built. Yeah. So... And uh, I think that's what everyone is struggling with in one way or another. Yeah. It's uh, the yeah. same. It's, it's kind of like when Britain had to get its ass out of all the different countries that had conquered over the yep. centuries. Or same thing with Rome. So now it's... It's our turn. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's fun to debate how white I actually am. But <laughs> Yeah. When I said our, I just meant... Preferably. Yeah, I know. I didn't, yeah. But anyway... Um, okay, so let's back to the book about getting men in bed. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> let's talk about getting men in bed. <laughs> sure. Uh, no, like the the ideas of like touch and taste. Can that be seen differently than presented? Um, how he references each of these senses uh, are represented slightly different in their tastes depending on where you are on the clock. Um, is that is that pretty much the same for, for queer? I would assume so, because, again, if the clock is a representation of people, that means it would apply to all people. Yeah. Uh, I think Patrick DeMarco uh, mentioned uh, the pussification of the male, and he invoked the clock, and I was like, yo, bitch, yo, like, <laughs> there are men at the bottom of the clock, too, all right? And they're already soft little secretaries that want a woman yeah. or a man to take charge. I got it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not fair to have a conversation about what he said when he's not here to to clarify. True, but I, there I just, is. I had the same response. But yeah, yeah, no, but but there is yeah. a, a common understanding of this idea of a man, right? This, this sort of macho man that I was taught growing up. Um, that you, if you are not at 12 o'clock, you should aspire to be at 12 o'clock and act as if you were. So it's this idea that, that, that masculinity is teaching itself that we cannot be anything but at that, you know, a spot. And if we're not there, then you're not actually a man. And I think that's not only is it a fallacy, you know, a sort of shortcut to thinking, um, because it ignores the, the entire gamut of what it means to be a man, but 
Sure. And if you're a gay man who likes yeah. feminine, soft, Where submissive men, yeah, yeah. like I do, not always soft, you know, I like, you know, rugged, I like scruffy, but I tend to like submissive men because mm. I like telling people what to do. So, yeah. <laughs> um, am I dating someone who is less of a man because he fits what I like? No, that's bullshit. I mean, in bed, it's kind of hot to talk about, you know, but... <laughs> But in life, no, he's not any less of a man. I would say it takes um, takes a lot of strength to kneel to someone you respect. Strength that a lot of alpha men don't have. Yeah. So a lot of this whole I got to be the top dog thing mm -hmm. is um, cowardice. Like, no, nah, you, you, I'm sorry, you can't listen to someone else. Why? But Yeah, I mean, that, that that's a whole, that's it's a whole, a whole other, other show. Thing, but, yeah. but it's, a, it's an example of... Um, I think it's more useful to discuss the clock, hmm. not in terms of gender, yeah. because LeVay doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't talk about the clock in terms of gender. He yeah. frequently talks about 12 o'clock women wanting submissive men and yeah. submissive men or dominant men trying to date other dominant w uh, women and all the, these mixes. And he's like, stop this bullshit. Just admit to what you like hmm. and go after it. Or learn how to role play. Let's say you're a 12 o'clock woman and your boss is a 12 o'clock and you want something out of him. Go ahead. Role play a little. Manipulate that little cocksucker. <laughs> and then once you're in charge, bring your bullwhip out, bitch. I, I want to ask you a little bit about this because sure. I was raised in a, a rural community of hunters and religious zealots, really. Um, and so my idea of a, what a man should be is at the time of, of being raised is always 12 o'clock predator male, literally in most cases, um, it just, just aggressive, right? That is what a man is. So that was what, plus it was the eighties. That's how everyone was portrayed in every film. So that is what male was. When I read the satanic witch, it sort of blew my mind because it, it reinforced that idea that I always thought underneath that, you know, I, I don't have to be that in order to be a man. I can just be me and that, that I'm still a man. Um, and so it sort of busted open that ideal. Um, but that's because I came from a position that was in stark contrast to it. If you're already approaching the synthesizer clock from a position of knowing that I don't have to be that ideal to be a man. I'm or a, a woman or whatever your identity is. Yeah. Is it as impactful? It, is it as revolutionary? Or is it just like, yeah, no, we knew. Well, I mean, I've read the book that way, but that's not why I read the book. I read the book to learn how to um, do exactly what the book is for, manipulate other people. Yeah. Now, if you read something that blows your mind like you did, then great. Good for you. Yeah, just shattering those boundaries of, of expectation and, and understanding. Yeah, um, and I, I, I think it's, uh, you know, I think for, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know, but I think for women it would be more empowering that, no, you can be strong and sexy, and if you're not the standard beauty of whatever era you happen to be living in, mm. so what? Yeah. Irrelevant. Completely irrelevant. Mm. I mean, when I was in high school, capris were in for men. Capris don't look good on men. I don't care. 
I don't care how I agree. great your legs are or how great your <laughs> totally ass is. Agree. They don't look good. You look like you're wearing flood pants, and that's not a good look for anybody. <laughs> there should be no mill houses here. All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> the, the witchery is beyond trendiness. And there is a difference between style and fashion. Mm -hmm. Just like there's a difference between a beautiful piece of art and whatever school of thought is currently in right now. Mm -hmm. Picasso yeah. at in certain periods was shit. I don't care if he was once talented. What he was doing in that specific era was crap, but it was trendy. So <laughs> why not? Um, so here's a, I don't want to backtrack too much, but this is an interesting question comment uh zachary says related to manliness the conversation invokes the phrase it's better to die on your feet than live on your knees i see a more as two different cultures being construed as the same um how do you unpack that comment i'm not sure i understand that comment i understand the quote but i just i, right. I don't see what he's getting at the idea as a man that it's better to die on your feet than live on your knees but if you see it through like from a hetero male perspective, mm -hmm. I think that, you know, the traditional understanding of that phrase, but if you see it from a queer perspective, how do you unpack that, that statement of it's better to die on your feet than live on your knees? I, I don't see it from a queer perspective. I, I kind of see it from a satanic one, which is that is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. <laughs> mm. See, I like that a lot because there are no modern uh, uh, martyrs in Satanism, right? Like the idea no, of the, standing up for what you believe in and dying for it is very antithetical to Satanism. Well, not just that. I mean, uh, I think we touched on this in the toxic masculinity episode where it's very useful to produce roles in tribal situations. Mm -hmm. With that, trans people and queers as a whole were usually shamans. They were um, usually not in the hunters or the gatherers. They were usually just the weirdos. Hey, not much has changed. So <laughs> anyway, um, but that whole a man should die uh, in a heroic fashion fighting or trying to survive. It's useful, but it's not really all that useful anymore. Mm -hmm. um, whether aggression and violence is in us as a sex is a completely different conversation. Um, but no, if, uh, if gay bashers came... Uh, down my door and I could not defend myself. And they were like, if you just, if you kneel down and say, Trump is God, yeah, I'll say it. I'll yeah. say Trump is God. And then when you turn your back, that's when I'll shoot you. But you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, However you have to survive, whether it's on your knees, bent over, sideways, upside down, fucking a banana, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not throw the banana out with the bathwater, okay? It's a there viable option. <laughs> Um, I want I want to talk about touch a little bit because you you brought up an interesting note here um, that much of this book are Levey's tactics depending on gender gender fetishes in Western culture, but what was your perspective on this? Yeah, through queer uh, let, theory. I, I let me see. I was probably drinking when I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking now, so it's okay. Yeah, so am I. Uh, oh yeah, okay. So uh, notes are good, people. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, what is it? So, like, like I said earlier, uh, and I when I said we would touch on this later, is Levey discusses useful truths, not facts of life. Mm -hmm. uh, so, 
living in, in Western culture, certain traits represent certain body parts. If someone's in a skirt here, it probably means they are a cis woman and have a vagina. Um, soft skin, hairless legs, these things mean the passive partner in sex. Um, in the queer community, there's other signs, whether someone's a bottom or a top, things that are just understood. Um, in the leather community, uh, so BDSM, there's all codes about where you wear leather, on which arm, what hanky you got in your back pocket, what hat you're wearing. Um, so with LaVey, when it comes to touch and how soft your skin should be, hair, he even makes an interesting comment about hair that most men don't care whether you're smooth or not, but about texture of the skin. And even that depends on where you are on the clock yeah. because he's discussing things that represent something else. Yeah, there we go. Interesting. I think I think I even wrote down in the notes, I think that's what makes people so angry about trans men and trans women is they feel lied to. You're signaling what you're supposed to have in your pants. Right. But you don't have that in your pants. So they feel duped. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm sorry, but the symbols have changed. Wait, no, the symbols haven't changed. The expectation is, which is fine. Have an adventure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's just you and someone else in a room or a car... Who knows? I was pleasantly surprised the first time. I'm not going to lie. I loved it. Nice. Nice. Um, let's do a little bit of uh, fashion talk. We're already at our hour. And so um, we should probably start winding this down a little bit. But mm -hmm. um, I mean, we already addressed a little bit about the folly of trying to charm a self-aware homosexual. Um, we brushed across the idea of a les lesbian witch and how he addresses lesbians uh, specifically in this a little bit um so let's maybe close uh with the discussion of fashion because i mean you brought capris and stuff but um when the doctor is referencing fashion in this it's primarily to heteronormative females or lesbian females or cross-dressers it's not really any other context and so from a queer perspective um is there really anything you can, and maybe this is a broader question, is if if you're not being spoken to, and I think I may already know the answer to this as I'm saying it, if you're not being specifically spoken to in these different sections that he's discussing, do you feel like you can still garner information from it if it's not addressing what is in your subculture or in your particular taste? Absolutely, just strip the examples away. A lot of that book, is um, him, he'll start off with a useful truth, a yeah. rule of thumb, mm -hmm. and uh, then give a dozen examples based on different types, where maybe the woman is the 12 o'clock or in the upper echelon, and then the man is on the bottom, or someone's on the left and someone's on the right, or someone's sideways or upside down, um, or even failed attempts when someone- like a great night. Right. <laughs> or when someone doesn't know how to po properly man um, uh, manipulate the dynamic or doesn't know how to role play. And uh, the sections on on taste and sight and touch, they're all kind of. I can't believe I didn't mention this earlier. The whole book. Every manipulation tactic can be boiled down to fitting the archetype of someone else. 
right. So if you're in a queer culture, that has not changed. And you know your culture far better than LaVey ever could. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's not, what's he going to do? Sit in a gay bar and, you know, eat some ass? Just like, of course notes. He's like, I have to do this. I'm not going to enjoy it, but hopefully you do. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's how I got my, uh, that's how I went to grad school. <laughs> <laughs> in the back rooms and the bathhouses. But, um, but I did enjoy myself. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, so it's, you don't need to be spoken to specifically mm-hmm. in this book. The Satanic Warlock, and um, if any other books, uh, or the upcoming gay Satanic Warlock, still discuss tactics specific to the people who are reading it. So it's only the examples that have changed mm-hmm. because the quarry has changed but the rules are still the same. There's still the synthesizer clock. There's still somatyping. There's still reading archetypes. Yeah. So uh, there's, there you go. It's it's funny that in the chat room, Clinton says back to uh, archetypes, book club friends. I, I run a book club and uh, a satanic book club. And part of that, we, we had the long conversation about archetypes and the, the comparison of them between um satanic witch and satanic warlock and and the approach of the two and how they differ and it was really through the context of one of magister nemo's essays but um that's right we spoke about yeah that. yeah oh. it is very interesting that it they do seem to take different approaches and so i think it's going to be interesting when um the gay satanic warlock or satanic witch or satanic whatever magician comes out and it addresses that concept how it's going to approach it because they are slightly different in between the two existing books and i'm definitely going to read it when it comes out for fucking sure i'm curious oh adam you don't need to manipulate me i'm already yours <laughs> yes yes <laughs> all i had to do is run that video. Of yours, i was hooked literally right away <laughs> um okay well any closing thoughts that you want to bring out the reason why the Satanic Witch ha- is still useful after, what, 30 years? <laughs> Longer than that. It was, it was 50 well, years now, right? Jesus Christ, 50 oh, it's years. It's coming on 50 years. The reason why that book has aged so well is because LaVey does not use trending, current, fashionable examples. Every community and every, um, every community, whether what side of the slash you're on, um, whether on the top of the clock or on the bottom, has ongoing, well-built cultural truths. Mm-hmm. You can use that to your advantage. A lot of LeVay's examples, sure, hearken to his kinks and fetishes, but that's not what those tricks were about. Those were just the examples he used. Right. So mm-hmm. these, I would say stick with the tactics that... Um, aren't stuck in the era you happen to be living in. There's a difference between a pickup artist and a, and a magician. For sure. Yeah. Right. I do think that it's incredibly important um, that people are able to strip away the doctor's personal ideas versus the religion or um, the tool set that he's presented because he's 
explaining his ideas through his own experience as that's all any of us can do. But if you come right. from a different experience, you still have the benefit of the tools that he's presented. You just have to examine as if you uh, don't look at it through his eyes, look at the science or the understanding and interpret it through your own eyes and experience. That's the most important thing. It, it, it always drives me crazy when people are constantly referencing Satanism and it's always through the experience of the doctor when he was a man, he was many things that were outside of the religion of Satanism or the organization of the Church of Satan. Many things. And just because he liked one thing does not mean all Satanists must like that one thing. We have to understand that we all have our own different proclivities. We all have our own identities and our own sexual preferences. We, we have to be able to interpret these wonderful tools that he's presented and use them effectively in our own lives. So you have to be able to strip away those, those ideals, that sort of fanboy ideal that we all go through of, of the doctor himself. Those are the dogmat, um, uh, I guess, dogmatic Satanists where they will follow the satanic witch as if it is a step-by-step -step manual. And, um, if LeVay didn't write the Satanic Bible that way, why the fuck would he write anything else that way? Yeah. Um, you you got to read and apply and figure it out. I mean, like I said, the examples are examples. They're examples. What what example has ever do, do you personally do? And it always works because no one is going to be the character in the fucking book he's talking about. Yeah. But. Uh, it's it's like those uh, people who are uh, satanic men must always wear a suit, and then at the fiftieth, one uh, satanic uh, priest showed up in cowboy boots and a dress with big hoop earrings. I ran up to him. I'm like, I fucking love you. And he's like, queer's got to represent and just strutted. I'm like, you go, you show those suit wearing bastards who's boss. He's like, I yeah. love it. Uh, don't. Don't look at these uh, manuals of manipulation as uh, must be verbatim inclusive, dogmatic. Um, if I do A, B, and C, it will work. Just apply it to the situation you're in. Mm -hmm. The only thing you really have to think about is, at least when it comes to a satanic witch, and if you're not uh, a woman trying to get a man, is just look at the clock. Just use the fucking clock. It's not yeah. that hard. It, it, I mean, look at it. It's it's right there. It's nice and big in colors, too. It's color-coordinated. It's so easy. <laughs> Mine doesn't look like that. I got... You got a better version. Oh, you got the pink one? Well, I have the orange and pink one. But There's an orange one? Yeah. Oh, and there is an orange one. You got the paperback. That's why. Yeah. Those are hard to find. Good for you. Yeah. Well, I got it back. I got the hardcover. Those are easy. It's never nice. that way. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else? Any last thoughts? Don't be afraid to experiment. Suck a dick. <laughs> there it is, everyone. Go Eat home a and suck a dick tonight. Do something. <laughs> Have fun. You might find um, new little treats. Yeah. 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 Hopefully no, not while you're eating ass, because I don't want those treats. Hey, eating ass. Well, no. I mean, you know, like do 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 a do a smell check. You know. <laughs> Yeah, you know, if you're gonna put your tongue somewhere the sun don't shine. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, if it's hairy. You know, take a look around. You know what? It's, it's kind of like <laughs> it's it's um so much that we learned as children is still true. 
<laughs> Before you put something in your mouth, look at it. <laughs> true. Very, That's very it. True. If you're going to, sh- you know, like lick an ass, <laughs> look at it. <laughs> Just... There it is, people. <laughs> there, it is. there we go. That's that's my advice as a priest. Who the uh, fuck elevated me <laughs> with advice <laughs> like that? It, it may, you may be demoted now. <laughs> Brought back down. I, I'm comfortable with that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, uh, thank you everyone so much for joining us in the chat and for watching this after the fact. If you have any questions or comments after this live stream, go ahead and put them in the, the discussion below, uh, the comment section. And uh, who knows, maybe someone <laughs> will comment, reply to your comment. Um, either way, then it is always such a wonderful experience uh, talking with you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, buddy. It was a lot of fun. Do you have any projects or any social profiles you want to pimp out? No, uh, I had to put horns on hiatus for the year because of the pandemic. I couldn't do any new photo shoots. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. I'm working on a new book, but... Interesting. All right. Yeah, working titles, The Genital Rebel. We'll see how that goes. Okay. Well, there it is, people. Got a little bit of scoop on it. Um, thank you once again. And until next time, everyone... Uh, actually, before I do that, closing off, uh, if you want to learn more about Satanism or the Church of Satan... Check out churchofsatan.com, read the Satanic Bible, read the Satanic Scriptures, and in the context of this conversation, read the Satanic Witch. It's good for you. Puts hair on your testicles, even if you're a woman. Every time. All right. <laughs> That's it. Your ovaries are all hairy. Why did this happen to me? Um, well, you know, he went too deep, apparently. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Until we can speak of the devil again, everyone. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. <laughs>